How do you get things done when you're working from home? You're a voice actor. You're an entrepreneur. You're a VOpreneur. Welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. Your number one marketing tool is your voiceover demos. When you're posting them online, you want to be sure they're playable on any device and with any browser. The Voice Sam Player does exactly that. Sign up at msvo.me slash msvoicesam and receive three months of Voice Sam for the price of one. Sign up now at msvo.me slash msvoicesam. The Veopreneur Podcast. Hey, it doesn't suck. Not as funny as Conan. Not as cute as Seth Meyers. Not as smart as Colbert. But he's one of us, and that counts for something. Here's Mark Scott, the original Everyday Veopreneur. What's up? Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Veopreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. I'm Mark Scott, and I'm really excited to be with you again for another episode of the podcast and looking forward to diving into a topic that is really important to all of us, and that is working from home, and more specifically, how to stay productive when we're working from home. Before we dive into this week's episode, I just want to remind you that you can subscribe to the podcast wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. That way you never have to miss another episode. And you can do that through Apple Podcasts, through Google Play, through Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean. And I'd also like to really encourage you to take a minute to leave a review. If you've been enjoying the podcast, if it's been providing you with helpful information, if you're learning things, leave a review so that other people can know and so that other people can find the podcast as well. And you can leave those reviews anywhere, but I do especially appreciate those reviews left on Apple Podcasts. Oh, and by the way, remember that you can listen to any episode anytime by jumping onto the website at veopreneur.com. Go back all the way through all the old episodes at veopreneur.com. While you're there, make sure you click on the shop button, order yourself a Veopreneur hoodie or the original voiceover hoodie. Keep yourself warm as we head towards the winter or, you know, maybe make it an early Christmas gift for yourself. All right, on this week's episode, we are going to talk about working from home because for the vast majority of us, pretty much all of us, that's exactly what we do. The model changed a number of years ago. We used to work from the studio. That was somebody else's studio. Agents would get us the jobs. We'd get up, we'd travel, we'd go to the studio, we'd do the recordings, and then we would come back home. And now more and more, everything is getting done from our home offices and our home studios. And sometimes working from home can be a real challenge. Sometimes trying to stay productive when you're working from home can be a real challenge. You know, in order to be a successful VOpreneur, part of that means being a self-starter. And for a lot of people, that doesn't necessarily come naturally. So it's a habit that you have to create for yourself. When we go to an office job and we walk into the office and we sit down in our cubicle or whatever it is, we go to work at another company to a place of business where we have a manager and a boss, a CEO, whatever. There's something that goes on inside of our head that says, hey, we're at work now and it's time to work. When you're working from home, you don't have that same kind of response because you're working from home. You're getting up, getting dressed, going to the kitchen table, wherever it may be that you do your work. And so in order to be able to do that successfully, you have got to be a self-starter. And that means setting yourself up for success by creating really good habits for yourself. The whole purpose of this episode is to try and give you some pro tips on how to be more productive when you are working from home. And I reached out to 
everyday VOpreneurs just like you and me to ask them what they do. And the first person that is going to be contributing to this episode has one of the best pieces of advice. And she talks about treating your home business just like any other job. You're getting up and you're going to work. Here's a great tip and story from Darby Worley. So I've been working in voiceover for almost 20 years, and my job has changed from one where I used to run around all over New York City to auditions and bookings that an agent set up for me. And now it's more of a home business. I'm now living in London, and I'm responsible for finding most of my own work. So I've had to get hyper-disciplined about keeping a set schedule. For me, it's all about treating my work-at-home business just like any other job with set hours. And so I try to keep to the same schedule every day, and I set aside time for those things that might distract me from my goals. So roughly my days go like this. 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. is a treasured quiet hour before the rest of the city and my husband um, are awake. This is when I enjoy a cup of coffee, I start to hydrate, catch up on the news, scroll my social feeds, etc. And then 6 a.m. to 8-ish is my gym time. I love to work out in the morning because then there's no chance that I'm going to skip it later in the day if I get caught up with work. I also find that um, I really treasure my gym community because I have friends there and working from home, as we all know, can be kind of lonely. And I really treasure the community and the social interaction that I find there. 8 a.m. is for breakfast, a shower, and probably some more futzing around um, on the internet. And then by nine o'clock, I am in the studio. My door is shut. I'm diving into whatever auditions and bookings have come in overnight. 1 to 2 p.m. is lunch and usually a television break. I'm currently binging Peaky Blinders, highly recommended. And then it's back into the studio from 2 to 6-ish. Oh, and one more thing. I try to remember to close all my social feeds and turn my phone upside down so I'm not distracted by those little notifications while I'm trying to focus. You know, we like to joke about getting up and working in our pajamas and oh, I didn't even have to brush my teeth or comb my hair today or whatever. But I think the point that Darby makes is really important. Treating work at home like any other job and setting hours. And I think creating a schedule can be really important. And you know what? It's one of the most common questions that I get asked from VOpreneurs. What should a schedule look like? What does an ideal day look like for a voice actor? And the reality is that that's going to be different for everybody. But I think the one thing that does need to happen is there needs to be a start time and an end time, just as if you were going to a regular job. And by the way, I also want to point out one other thing that Darby said, working out in the morning so there's no chance to skip it later in the day if she gets busy. Did anybody else feel a little bit of conviction over that one? I know I definitely felt a little bit of conviction over that one. I am not a, a workout guy. I am not a gym guy, but I do like to go for regular walks. And so that's one of the things that I do to break up my day. So I'm still getting a little bit of fitness in. But I'll tell you what, the fact that she's gone to the gym before I've even dragged my butt out of bed some mornings, I'm feeling a little bit convicted over that one. There's one other thing that she said, too, that I wanted to point out. And that was turning her phone upside down. And I think that's a fantastic tip. And that's something that I actually do. Because you know what? Even if you turn it to silence or turn it to vibrate or even if you turn do not disturb on so that it doesn't make noise, if the screen is still facing up, the phone is going to light up every time a notification comes in, which is automatically going to divert your attention. You're going to look at it. You can't help yourself. And so turning it upside down, it actually, for me, it does allow me to forget that the device is even in the room. And that helps me to stay focused on the projects that I'm working on. So either turning it upside down or for me, sometimes I will even leave it in an entirely different room 
in the house. Like that's a really, really great tip. You know, one of the other things that I think that's really important when you're working from home is to consider your clock. So are you a morning person? Do you hit your peak in the afternoon? Can you crush it in the evening? You know, you'll read a thousand articles about the importance of starting early and having a morning routine. Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, is famous for starting his day at quarter to four in the morning, no matter what. Weekends, weekdays, doesn't matter. He is an early riser. And you'll see articles that talk about how, you know, a lot of the richest people in the world, some of the most successful business owners in the world, they start their mornings very, very early. And I understand that from one standpoint, but I also have a feeling that if you're not a morning person, it's probably going to be really hard for you to get that to work. And so I think that it's important to know your body rhythms and your body routines and pay attention to those. Some people hit their stride very early in the morning. Some people might hit their stride a little bit more mid-morning. Some people are afternoon people. Some people are evening people. Depending on the project that I'm working on, sometimes it is so much more productive for me to head into the office at 7 o'clock at night and then just work straight through until 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. And I will just crush it and get it done. There are other times, though, when I can get up, I can get an early start, and I can have more work done by 10 o'clock in the morning sometimes than what I can get done in the rest of the hours in the day. And so I think that's why it's really important to learn your body rhythms and routines, know your clock, pay attention to your clock. And if you're going to set a schedule for yourself, like Darby talks about, maybe try to set it around your clock. I think that's a really important tip to consider as well. And something else that I think is really important is having office space. For a lot of people, maybe that's not an option. I know for me, when I lived in an apartment, the first, uh, the first apartment that I lived in, there was It was a one-bedroom apartment with one big kind of combined kitchen, living, dining room. And so I couldn't really have a dedicated office space. And that made it tough because sometimes when I wanted to be working, I'd end up sitting on the couch watching TV. So I think it's really important that you have a dedicated office space if you can. And there's another very important tip to go along with that. And that tip comes to us courtesy of Jennifer and Koyak. I used to work at my dining room table. I could always get up and do a load of laundry get up and get a snack for my kids, pet the dog. There's always something to do. So when we moved to our new house that had a dedicated office space, I found the best tip for being productive was close the door. Just close the office door. I have two kids, a dog, two cats. We all have laundry, dishes, chores, errands we need to do, but close the door. Everyone knows not to disturb me when the door is closed and I can focus. Sometimes the dog doesn't understand the closed door, but for the most part, everyone knows when the door is closed, I'm working. So as obvious as this sounds, my number one tip for being productive, close the door. Close the door. Something so simple, yet something so profound. When you're working from the dining room table or, you know, if you're, you're like I used to do when my, I only had one open room to work from and I was working from the recliner in front of the TV, you're going to get distracted. It is going to happen. There are other things that you're looking at. There are other things that you're thinking of. There are other tasks and to-do items that are within your vision while you're sitting there, which you'll get distracted over. And so I do think that having a dedicated office space is a game changer, but I think closing the door is even more important. And I think this was a big one for me when I got married and, and moved into a home with my wife and, and her two kids. They had to understand that you know, especially for the kids, daddy works from home. And so there's a time when it's okay to come and spend time with daddy. And there's a time when 
Daddy's working, and you can't interrupt Daddy. And when the door is closed, my kids now know that now is not a good time to come to Daddy unless it's something really, really important. So I think what Jennifer said is a really big deal. Like I said, it sounds simple. It sounds obvious, but it can be a difference maker when it comes to your productivity when you're working from home. Close the door. I also think that having a dedicated space creates a psychological connection for you. When I'm in this space, work happens. Just keep that door closed. You know, you get up, you go to the office. When you're at the office, work happens. No different than having an office in your home. When you get up and you go to that space and you close the door, work happens. Now, to go along with this a little bit and talking about closing the door, have you ever had this problem? You work from home, and so it's easy for family and friends to assume that you're always free and available because you're home. They'll drop by to visit you because you're home. They'll ask you to run errands for them because you're home. And this is one that I used to have a lot of trouble with because, hey, not everybody can get everything done during the day because they're at work. And so sometimes when stuff has to happen during regular office hours, people would come to me and ask me to go do it for them because, you know, you're home, you're, you're available. And what I had to do was I had to teach people. And, and part of it was myself and taking this position with myself. Just because you don't go to work as in physically get up and go to another place, doesn't mean that you don't go to work. So you got to make sure that you have a chat with people who aren't respecting your time and your business, and you need to set boundaries around that. You need to let them know that just because you're home doesn't mean that you're free, and never, ever, ever be afraid to say no. I had family members who would constantly be hitting me up for favors or dropping by on their day off or whatever, just because, again, I was home, so it's assumed that I'm not working, and it's actually quite the opposite. When I'm home, often I am working, and so you have to create that distinction, you have to set those boundaries, and you have to guard those boundaries. Now, in the beginning, it was tough to get family and friends to understand that, but now that it's been a few years that I've been doing this, I've been full-time since uh, 2000 and, I guess, 11, 2012, um, now they understand. Now they get it. Now they don't bother me the same way. Now if they want to do something, they'll try to schedule it with me, which I respect and appreciate. One of the perks of working from home and being your own boss is that you can take time off work when you want to. You can take time off work when it's convenient for you. But I always make sure that I'm scheduling those things so that otherwise I could have somebody showing up every day of the week asking me to do stuff, wanting me to do stuff, just coming to hang out, coming to spend time or whatever. It's so very, very important that you set those boundaries. Don't be afraid to take the time off, but make sure that it's scheduled. And for me, I always make it up. If I take a morning off to go and run some errands, I'll put in a couple extra hours in the evening so that everything balances out in the end. Boundaries are so important and closing the door is part of that boundary. Let me ask you something. Are you booking work from your website? Do you have a site you're proud to send people to that you want to link to from social media or from your emails? Or is your website something you put together yourself using a free service and you're just hoping for some kind of results? The layout, content, and messaging on your website is incredibly important and can mean the difference between inquiries and bookings or just crickets. If you're not confident with your site, if you don't know what to include, or if you'd just like a fresh perspective on it, let me help you. 
You can now book a 30-minute website consult session with me. We'll chat live on Zoom and go over all the information on your site. We'll make suggestions for improvements to the design, the content, and the copy. You can book your consult now at markscottcoaching.com forward slash website consult. That's markscottcoaching.com forward slash website consult. Now back to our show. I remember what it was like when I was working in radio. And at that time, i had always thought how great it would be to do voiceover full time, but I'd never really seriously considered it. I'd never really given any kind of planning or thought to what that would look like or how I might make that happen. So I just continued to do voiceover part time while I had a day job. So I'd get up in the morning and I'd work for a couple hours on auditions or any projects that may have came in from clients. And then I'd take a couple hours to do some show prep. Then I would go do my afternoon drive show at the radio station. I'd usually get home about eight o'clock at night. And then I'd sit down and I'd work for a few more hours, sometimes until about midnight, sometimes until about two in the morning, depending again on how much work had to be done. And I was usually back up at eight or nine o'clock the next morning to start over again. I enjoyed doing voiceover. And so I did what I did to make it work. And I did what I did to provide the services that my clients needed. And so for those of you that are listening to this and thinking, you know, this is all great, but I don't work from home full time. Well, you know what? We've got some tips for those of you that are part time and maybe working towards full time as well, including a great story from Mike Saporkin. All right. So I live in Hawaii, which first off is extremely difficult because it puts me five to six hours behind Eastern time. So even getting in auditions early in the morning before other people is a challenge. On top of that, I am married with three kids. So when I do come home from my day job, I need to spend time with them. And that's fine. That's my priority. So when do I even audition for voiceover? The only time I have is late at night. Just like this recording I'm doing, it's 10.38 p.m. So most of my auditions are about 10.30 to as late as about 1.30 at a.m. in the morning. You know, I have a full-time day job and career that I've enjoyed for many years, but this really is something I'm passionate about. And that passion is what keeps me going. It's what has me check in my phone maybe a few too many times throughout the day for new audition opportunities. And it's what helps me to stay up late at night and do my auditions. And thankfully, I have a supportive wife and you definitely have to have some kind of support system. But that's what keeps me going. And uh, just going to keep auditioning and keep doing my best until I, I hit it big. If I were to give some immediate advice, it would really be to have a plan and to just try and execute it one thing at a time, whether it's coaching, equipment, just have some form of a goal that you can work towards. And every time you achieve that goal, there's a sense of encouragement and motivation that kind of keeps you going. And on top of that, every audition or project that you do, whether it's paid or unpaid, uh, everything is experience. And to me, that's one aspect of voiceover I enjoy is just the idea that you keep improving with each one with feedback and, you know, again, with each audition and certainly any projects that you land. All I can say is just have a plan, execute, and just be persistent and just keep trying. The only one that can stop you is you. I suppose in some senses I was lucky when I was working part-time in voiceover because I was a single guy. I mean, I was dating at the time, but I didn't have the commitment of a wife and children, and I didn't have a home that I had to maintain or anything like that. I was basically a single guy living in an apartment, and I could work as much as I want or as little as I wanted, and it was, it was a lot easier for me. So for somebody like Mike, I have mad respect. 
He knows exactly what he wants to accomplish. He, he sees the end game and he's doing what he has to do to get there. When you've got a goal, when you're trying to accomplish it, you do what you need to do to make it happen. And I think Mike recognizes that there's an element of short-term sacrifice in exchange for the long-term gain. And so he's still going to his day job. He's still spending time with his family. His priorities are still aligned. But if he's got to work late at night to do the voiceover thing, then he works late at night to do the voiceover thing, knowing that maybe one day it's not going to continue to be that way. That's what it was for me, right? I used to work in the mornings, go do my show, come home, work through half the night. Now I don't have to do that anymore. I made those short-term sacrifices for that long-term gain, and I think that is what Mike is working on too. The other thing that I want to point out that he said was have a plan and execute one thing at a time, and I think that's really great advice because when you're trying to build a voiceover business, there's literally a million things that you can be working on, right? You're going to be doing your coaching. You're going to be doing your demos. You're going to be trying to build a studio. You're trying to learn how to use your equipment. You're trying to figure out how to be a good editor. You're setting up social media profiles. You're trying to create content for social media profiles. you got a website that you got to build. You're trying to figure out CRM. You're trying to figure out invoicing. And anybody feeling a little bit overwhelmed at this point? Because there are a lot of things that you have to do. And that is where I think that you've got to set priorities based on the goals that you are trying to accomplish, and then just like Mike said, execute one thing at a time. That is how you're going to keep yourself from getting overwhelmed because when you get overwhelmed, that is generally when perfection paralysis sets in and then nothing gets accomplished. What is it that they say? How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? There's one other thing that Mike said, and I want you to write this one down and Put it on a post-it note and stick it up in your booth or stick it on the fridge, stick it in the bathroom mirror, put it on all three of them. The only one that can stop you is you. The only one that can stop you is you. That right there is the difference between an employee and a veopreneur. As a veopreneur, you recognize that the buck stops with you. You can work as hard as you want or as little as you want. You can do as much as you want or as little as you want. You can earn as much as you want or as little as you want. You can audition as much as you want or as little as you want. Everything stops with you. The only one that is going to keep you from achieving whatever level of success it is that you desire to attain is you. Thank you, Michael, for that line. That right there is a good word. We like to joke about working in our pajamas, right? I mentioned that earlier in the episode, but I don't always know that that is the best strategy. And Zuleika Desiga talks to that in her story. Listen to this. I like to share one of my best tips for being productive. When I wake up, I know the level of energy I will have during that day. When I know it's one of those days when I don't feel enough energy to focus, I make the decision to go to a coffee shop. Before I leave home, I make a point of taking a shower and prepare as if I were going to a recording session. Coffee shops are perfect for me because I can be there for a long time without spending too much money, and they help me get into a business mindset. Plus, I can enjoy the smell of coffee. For me, it's like going to a fitness class instead of working out on my own. I feed on the energy of the people around me. Sometimes isolation makes me crabby, so going to a coffee shop 
improves my mental state, and I get things done. I like how she says, get up, take a shower, prepare like you're going to a studio, right? Treat it like a job. When you don't do that, just that simple act of getting up and staying in your jammies, that in and of itself is going to have a huge impact on your productivity. And I am 100% on board with the change of scenery. Think about it. When you work from home, you're literally there 24-7. And that in and of itself can be exhausting. It's, it's hard to get inspired. It's hard to get motivated. It's hard to be creative when you're looking at the exact same space all day, every day, 24-7, 365. And so that is why I am a big proponent of the change of scenery. You know, when the weather is nice... I have a table and a chair out in my garden and I will go sit in my garden by my pond and I'll take my laptop or sometimes I'll just take a notebook and I'll work out there and just enjoy that change of pace, that change of scenery. Sometimes it's going for a walk. Sometimes it's going for a bike ride. And you know what? I have said many times in the past that I can get more done some days in two hours working at a Tim Hortons which is a coffee shop. For those of you not familiar with Timmy's, it's very Canadian. But anyway, I can get more done in two hours at a Timmy's sometimes than I can in an entire day working in my office. The change of scenery removes all the distractions and it sparks my creativity. You know, when you're working from home and you don't have that manager that's checking in on you, you don't have the same deadlines because maybe you're not working with the team, you got to have some kind of accountability built in. And this is absolutely essential to your success. And, and this is why you'll hear me talk about accountability so much. This is one of the reasons why I created the mastermind group that I create to build in accountability. And the people that have participated in that mastermind this year are seeing firsthand what a difference accountability can make. But there are things that you can do to keep yourself accountable just within the confines of yourself and your business. And one of the things that I like to do is try keeping a planner or journal with uh, daily and weekly goals written down in it. I also keep a big dry erase board in my office that has my goals for the week written down in it. And that helps make me productive when I'm working from home because I'm revisiting those goals every morning, every time I walk into the studio, basically. Every time I come into my office, those goals are written on that dry erase board and I'm looking at them and they're back in my face and they're reminding me what my priorities are and they are reminding me where I need to be focusing my energy and my efforts. And that accountability helps me to be more productive when I'm working from home. You know, when I was working in radio, I had a very clearly outlined responsibility. I had to get up and I had to go to the office and I had to do my show every day from 2 until 7. That was it. That was my job. Go do my show from 2 until 7. Some days I had to be there by, you know, 1 o'clock because I had to do production. I had to record commercials or whatever. Every once in a while, I had to do a shift on a weekend or maybe I had to go and do a remote. But basically, I had to go to work and do a show from 2 until 7 every day. Well, when you're a voice actor and you're working from home, no two days are ever going to look the same. And so in order to be productive, you have to have a system to be accountable to. That means writing down your goals. Check out the Ink and Volt Planner. That's the one that I've been using for, I think this is the fourth year maybe that I've been using Ink and Volt which is a planner that allows you to write down your goals. You write down your annual goals, your monthly goals, your weekly goals. It's got a journal. There's a lot of inspirational, motivational quotes. There's 
There's quotes that challenge you to think about things differently and ask you questions to get you to think about things differently. And it's been incredible for my productivity. And I think that that is absolutely essential when you're working from home. And if you're going to talk about productivity, then there's one other thing that you need to talk about, and that can be overdoing it on the productivity. What I discovered when I was collecting stories for this episode is that there are other people out there who are very much like I am in mentality and workaholism. It can be a real struggle for me, just like it can be for Patrick Kirchner. Listen to his story. Working from home can sometimes be challenging. A lot of VOpreneurs, myself included, have problems with distraction, be it the idiot box or social media, cleaning out the email inbox of all the junk, or just taking care of the chores around the house. But once I limit those distractions and regain my focus, I become subject to an accompanying problem, and that is my tendency to be both a workaholic and a perfectionist. That means when I start to work on a project, I usually stay at it until it's correct and complete. Which is great, until you forego other things that really need your attention, like eating, or exercise, or your family. Now this isn't something that happens from time to time. No, this is central to the Pat Kirchner brand. Yes, it shows commitment and dedication, and it served me well in my 31-year Marine Corps career. As a kid, my mom would have to pull me out of whatever project I was working on, building models, vacuum cleaner surgery, marathon board games with my friends, or printing t-shirts for the silk screening company I ran out of their basement as a teenager. Even as an adult, a lot of times I'd simply work through lunch, frankly because everyone was out of the shop and it gave me time to focus. To pry me away, it usually took my sergeant or my commanding officer to say, Hey, Kirch, we're going to chow. You're coming with us. As a solopreneur, a veopreneur, especially if you have workaholic tendencies, you have to make sure you schedule the time to take care of yourself. Build a routine and stick to it. The work will be there. You can still meet your deadlines. You can still under-promise and over-deliver. And if you know a fellow veopreneur who has those workaholic tendencies, be a friend. Check in on them. Make sure they're taking care of themselves. Which reminds me, it's time to go get the dogs outside and get in my workout before I head over to the Cold Reads and Coffee meetup. After my radio job came to an end, and I decided that I was going to do voiceover full-time. I'm a single guy. I'm living in an apartment. Outside of the fire department at the time, I had nothing else in my life. I didn't really have a lot of friends that I associated with. I, I just, you know, it was, it was work, voiceover, and the fire department. And a normal day for me would often be 16 to 18 hours of working. And the reason for that was because when I really started pursuing voiceover full time and I had the motivation of not wanting to be homeless, even when I tried to relax. So I'd, I'd go and I'd sit down on my couch and I'd try to watch a movie, for example. My computer and desk where I did my recording was like six feet away. And I'd be sitting there trying to watch this movie and out of the corner of the guy, I would see my desk and I would start to feel guilty. Why aren't you working right now? And then I would go to work. And so 16 or 18 hour days was not uncommon for me. And sometimes I would put in even more. And that is one of the reasons why I was able to achieve the level of success that I did as quickly as I did. But it was also one of the reasons why I burned out. And, and why I've burned out a couple of times in my life because I have always had a tendency towards workaholism. 
And so I want you to pay close attention to the words that Patrick said in his story because it's something that you do have to guard yourself from. Now, when I got married, my wife and my kids helped solve that because now I want to spend time with them. I want to make them a priority and I do make them a priority. And so lots of times I'm going and picking my kids up from school, which means at three o'clock, I'm on my way to school. And maybe I'll hang out with my kids for a little while after school. My wife comes home from work. Maybe she'll make supper. I'll come downstairs and work for another hour or two. Or maybe some days I make supper and then I don't come downstairs again until my kids go to bed at eight o'clock. And then maybe I'll work for an hour or two in the evening. But it's forced me to to reevaluate my schedule. It's forced me to reduce my hours, which has also forced me to learn how to be more productive. It's forced me to learn how to devote my time and my effort and my energies into the things that are most important. And what Patrick talked about, I think it ties in perfectly with what Darby said at the very beginning, which was setting a schedule, having a schedule and creating boundaries. You know, particularly when you're starting out, and even after you've been doing this for a while, and I still struggle with this too, you feel like you've got to be available to your clients 24-7. And this can be really hard when you've got clients in other time zones as well. Something comes in and it's like midnight and you're just going to bed and then you're like, shoot, I should probably go do this. And you start to feel guilty and you go do it. You know what? The longer that I've done this, the better I've gotten at setting some of those boundaries, knowing that it's okay to make people wait for a few hours that, you know, I maintain a regular workday just like everybody else maintains a regular workday, even if our time zones and schedules don't always jive. And one of the other things that I have had to do is I've set end of day alarms for myself in the past, or sometimes just alarms just to break me up. Because when I hit flow state, which is kind of what Patrick was talking about, when I get in the groove and I'm really getting stuff done, I will lose track of time so easy. And so, you know, if I'm working on a particular project, you know, working on a new course, working on a website update, working on some emails, whatever it is, sometimes I can, I can just all of a sudden look up and be like, holy cow, it's six hours later and not even realize it. And so something that I've gotten better at doing is is setting alarms. So if I'm sitting down and I'm working on a particular task, I might set an alarm for myself for an hour or two so that when that alarm goes off, okay, you know what? Time to move on. Time to do something different. And sometimes I set alarms so that it's like, okay, you know what? The workday is over. Now it is okay to go and do something else. And now that I have my wife and kids, as I talked about earlier, this has gotten a lot easier for me. I don't necessarily have to set the end of day alarms as often as I used to. But it's just another tip that you can keep in your toolbox to try to make sure that you are creating balance. Working from home is one of the greatest things that has ever happened to me in in my entire life. Having the ability to, to take control of my time and my schedule honestly is one of the greatest gifts. Freedom and flexibility. That's what it was all about for me. When I when I talk about my overarching why, it was about the freedom and flexibility to be able to set my schedule. All of that stuff can happen when you master the ability to work from home and do it productively. But we've all got to learn how to do it responsibly. And I hope that some of these tips are going to help you to do just that. Guys, thanks so much for checking out another episode of the Everyday Vopreneur podcast. Remember, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean. And thank you again for taking the time to leave your reviews on Apple Podcasts. I absolutely appreciate it if you would take a minute and do that. And don't forget that you can listen to any episode anytime by jumping onto the website at vopreneur.com. Thanks so much for listening. I'll catch you on the next one.
the Everyday Vopreneur Podcast. Available everywhere fine podcasts are given away for free. Mostly, we think. Your number one marketing tool is your voiceover demos. When you're posting them online, you want to be sure they're playable on any device and with any browser. The VoiceAmp player does exactly that. Sign up at msvo.me slash msvoiceam and receive three months of VoiceAmp for the price of one. Sign up now at msvo.me slash msvoiceam. And scene. And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for hanging out. Want more VOpreneur goodness? Jump online at VOpreneur.com. 